This is Brenna from One Zero Studio in Orange County, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore, but I do follow at Bully Popeye on Instagram and invite him to the studio for glamour shots. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 501 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly Brittany Page. You are not prepared. Not prepared <laughs> at all, in fact. You are, I need to shift everything around. Holy shit, what is happening? You are very, very unprepared Unbelievably right now. unprepared. Your mic was not even in front of your not face. Not in front of me. You were planning on doing the show. <laughs> I don't even know what I was doing. With the microphone out of reach. Wow. That's what your plan was. That was... Uh, a lot of panic. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even though what's odd is, one, still a little sick. <laughs> well, it's also the morning. And it, yeah. It, it might. But I'm I'm the one who hits record. I'm the one who decides. Yeah. Yep. And still. No good. Not, uh, not, not, not fully prepared. No good. So anyway, we are back, everybody. We, we, we want to take a moment and. And thank you for your patience and your your kindness to to let me convalesce, um, un unmolested, unpressured by the audience. Mm-hmm. And you usually it is like, oh, hey fucker, when are you guys gonna do a show? That that is kind of the routine. That wasn't it at all this time. Everyone really gave me some time to. To unfuck myself health wise. Yeah, it's nice. Which usually, you know, if, if if we skip a show where it's delayed and we say, oh, Jesse's not feeling well, I've said this before. It's not necessarily that I'm actually sick. It's just I don't have the requisite energy to to come to the show correct the way we should. Which trust us, um, you would not want to. Yeah, it's no good. Hear that show. <laughs> but this was like a legit. Like something's wrong with me, sickness. Yeah, you got wiped like, out for yeah, a week. like when when I went to Big Bear, went up there for for the weekend, mm-hmm. and got sick up there, and then was out of commission for several days. Mm-hmm. Same deal. Yeah. So I don't know. Yes, we do want to say thank you to Joel, who sent us or sent you the emergency in the in the mail to the post office yeah. box. Post office box. I don't know whether it was a like a smart ass gift. Or an earnest, hey man, take this. This will help you get better. Either way, it's funny and and thank you. I actually did take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Is it a post office box? That's what it's called, right? Yeah, it post- just, PO box. It sounded post weird because I don't know. It is. Yeah, it's early. Uh, it's also April Fool's Day. Oh yeah, which is something I don't appreciate. Uh, <laughs> which is something I don't appreciate. Yeah, April Fool's Day. I'm not. A tremendous fan of April <laughs> who, Fool's who Day. Is? Well, it's just kind of annoying because you're scrolling through your feed and like I know this isn't a big deal, but I saw Shake Shack, you know, the burger chain. They had their April Fool's post that they are selling um three different sizes of Shack sauce. Shack sauce? Is that what it's called? What is going on with you in words? Shack sauce. Yeah, I don't know. It's early. And so Shack sauce? Yeah. They selling? Yeah, they have like a three different kinds. They have a tub of it, and then they have a normal size and like a salad dressing jar. And then they have a on-the-go keychain squirt bottle for the shack sauce. Which is not not fucking funny. And well, why are you going to pull a joke about like a product that people might actually want to buy? I saw right. people commenting on it like, oh, great. I can't wait to get this keychain so I can then, always have wow, some sauce. Wow. Yeah. And then it's April Fool's Day. Yeah. What is the deal? It's goddamn dumb. I haven't. I, I, I've I only seen one this morning. Oh, my voice is no good. Uh, I've only seen one this morning and I didn't even delete the email yet because I wanted to talk about it. It was a joke email? Best Buy. Mm. This week's hottest deals have been canceled. 
dot, 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 April Fools. Yeah. That's the subject line. Mm-hmm. So they don't even let you get to the... Well, they don't want to lose so your business. Worried, yeah, they're so worried you're not going to go buy their shit uh-huh. <laughs> that in the subject line, they they, mm-hmm. they they spill the beans on the joke. Yeah. Well, they're like half worried, though, because they're not worried enough to not send the email, um, but they, they still want to get their little joke in. So that's so great. So stupid. Yeah. Well, are we just not fun? Because we're both shitting on April y- y- Fool's no, Day right now. listen, I am very fucking fun. <laughs> But here's the deal. I like shit that's fun and funny. <laughs> April Fool's contains neither fun nor funniness. It's fucking dumb. Mm. And maybe it's because I'm curmudgeon. Maybe. Yeah. But even if that's the case, fuck you. April Fool's is not funny. Get off my lawn, <laughs> you goddamn kids. Oh, okay. No? Right. It's just escalating. <laughs> what? Welcome to the show, Brittany I Page. thought it was going to be kind of, you know, this loose conversation about April Fool's and now your like blood pressure is rising and we're going to have to take a break and <laughs> pet the pet not, therapy dog. Look, not a not a fan if mm. you haven't. It's just it's just goddamn dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying people who take part in it are dumb. I mean, well, what do you think about the pranks? Like sometimes you hear about celebrities who are pranksters. Like I've heard that about George Clooney that um on the set he will pull little pranks on his co-stars and I I, I can't fine, I, guess. I can't think you of know. any examples, but like what do you think of like April Fool's Day pranks? Yeah, I don't think anything done in the spirit of April Fools is especially because it also gets turned into I'm coming out as gay today and like shit that's like very meaningful and transformative for people mm-hmm. gets turned into some kind of a goddamn dumbass punchline. Yeah. I don't know. Can I tell you my favorite George Clooney story since you you brought it up? Sure. So I didn't know you had a favorite George Clooney oh, story. <laughs> you'll know when I start telling the story. Okay. He was on Howard Stern one time and he, t- he talked about when he, he lived in New York, mm-hmm. like he, he was like sleeping on his buddy's couch. When he was a young guy, younger guy. And George Clooney tells the story that th- his buddy had a brand new kitten. Mm-hmm. And uh, George Clooney was trying to help out. So he would like clean out the kitten's litter box every day. Mm-hmm. And then the, the roommate was didn't know he was doing that. was like, man, my little kitten hasn't pooped in like a week. Something's wrong. Took him to the vet. The vet gave him like anti- you know, constipation medicine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the next day after having taken the medicine, I'm really abbreviating the story. George Clooney squatted over the litter box and took a big fucking George Clooney dump. Mm -hmm. And then the guy came out and saw the giant George Clooney dump and thought the little tiny kitten had pooped it. Mm -hmm. Little, uh, little, little George Clooney uh, prank for you. Yeah, that is. I really fucking stepped on that story's dick for sure. But (laughs) It's uh, you know, that's uh, it's that's one for the mm-hmm. for the record books there. Yeah, here's my reaction to it. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> Fucking wow. What a hilarious story. So anyway, everybody, episode mm-hmm. five hundred one on April one mm-hmm. today. Thanks for again for the patience and everything. Let's 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 just get into the this 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 goddamn show. It's been it's been a full week. Since we've since we've been back, we've never. By the way, I, in in the little message I recorded, uh, I was there was a whole bunch of shit I had in my head to say, and I just didn't. I was out of it. Um, but I don't think we've taken off a full week. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know it. In five years, we've never done what what just happened this week. So, yeah. Anyway, again, thanks. You guys are you guys are pretty swell. Pretty swell. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let, let's let's do this then. Let's dispense with all the hilarity <laughs> and awkwardness and hate for April Fool's Day, and let's move on with the program. Yeah. Something that I want to talk about is what is happening with American students and homework. Homework. You know, when you take the the work home after school. Wow. Really? And- <laughs> you really? Uh- you're deconstructing it. What do you mean? Yeah. You're taking the work home. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> but did you know that American teens are spending twice as much time on homework daily compared to teens in the 1990s? Did you know that? 
I did not know that. I know that uh, it is a source of concern for parents. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen posts and stuff about it. Researchers. Uh, gener- even younger, like young kids are being sent home with fucking homework. Mm-hmm. Like kindergarten, first grade and shit. I'm about to talk about that. Yeah, so yeah. researchers generally agree that kindergartners should not be doing homework. Right there, they have little wandering minds, and it is already difficult enough to have them sit in the classroom, and then they come home, and they, then they have to also focus on coloring in the lines. Come they, on, they don't want to have to do that. Um, but they're spending about twenty-five minutes per night on homework, on average, kindergartners. Twenty-five on, minutes on per night. What on homework? Doing little basic homework skills. It, is it just me, or does it seem like? That's a teacher who's not doing their job. Maybe I'm wrong, and we might have teachers in the audience who would disagree, but that's that's the time for it is at at school, especially that young, because it's not like you're preparing a kid slowly, gradually to get used to the rigors of college. I mean, I don't really know what what you're you're getting at with it, someone who isn't doing their job. Like maybe are you trying to say that? They aren't doing what they need to do in the classroom, and so yes. they're kind of putting it off on the parents. Yeah. To the, yeah, I don't know. I I think that they're. I think it could be a combination of things, and I don't really know because I haven't read you a lot know, about I'm it. I'm not but, making a determination. I'm just saying it seems right, but it know. also seems like there's there's something happening, right? If if generally speaking, American kids are spending twice as much time on homework than kids in the '90s, like something is changing, something is shifting. Is it the us um, that teachers feel to have increased test scores and trying mm. to get kids up to par with that. Is it the fact that parents are putting more pressure on teachers to say, my kid needs to get into this school, my kid needs to do this, are you doing this, what's going on, kind of the helicopter parenting type style that we see. Yeah, they, they, may, they might not have an extra $500,000 laying around to bribe a coach or something you mean or pay to have an after school tutor (laughs) situation. And so a lot of that pressure falls to the teachers. Um, But also people know that roughly the amount of time that um, kids spend on homework correlates to how well they perform on tests, but that's only to a certain point, right? Um, That effect is more pronounced among older students than younger ones. If you're a kindergartner, you know, it's not really like working. Um, So I think it could be a combination of things is what I'm getting at. Not Mm. necessarily that the teacher isn't doing their job. Yeah, you're right. I'm a little (laughs) radical. What are you going to do? Just a little bit. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's interesting because I like I was a I was a worthless, lazy piece of shit in high school. A turd like a I calculated how little I had to do and still get it, get it, get out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, not a homework guy. I, I don't give a fuck. If it was assigned. I, it just didn't get done. I didn't, you know, there was, and I wasn't even like a partier. I didn't like drink and go crazy. I just, nope, not doing that. Don't need to. Because in my rationale at the time was that our valedictorian got the same exact diploma. There wasn't like an honors diploma. It was one diploma for the last kid in the class and the first kid in the class. So, you know, I I just was a kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So, especially about the homework. Well, in one thing this article talks about, it's from The Atlantic and it's called The Cult of Homework by Joe Pinksker. Joe Pinksker. And he talks about how the, the, the research always focuses on the quantity of the homework rather than the quality. Mm-hmm. So it's how much time is spent doing the homework rather than what is the actual time spent doing mm. for the homework. And that a lot of other things that matter aren't necessarily being included under the umbrella of the homework. Are they working on their social skills are they working on critical thinking skills? Are they uh, spending time with their family? Um, all all these other things that are just as beneficial in terms of childhood development. Yeah, and me- metrics for success too. Yeah, are not necessarily being assessed when it comes to the like minutes being spent on yeah. homework. Yeah. Um. So also kind of thinking about what it is exactly that kids are doing in that homework time. Yeah. Is it actually beneficial? And all that. I wonder 
I kind of wonder because the years, like if we're so much more homework now than in the nineties, there is a difference between those two periods of time. And it's, it's the internet. There's mm-hmm. now the internet. When I was in high school, there was no internet. Mm-hmm. So you really, your, your resources were very limited at home about what you could do. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not doing history exams or, or history reports and shit at home because you don't have the resources to do the research. Right. Now, You've got... You bring a computer with you to school. That's right. You've got yeah. every library at your fingertips yeah. everywhere you go. Yeah. I used to tell my students when I tutored them that I had to... If we needed to use a computer at school, we would take a trip to the library. Right. <laughs> where there were computers they, Were they shocked use. by that? Yeah. Because yeah. they carry their computers with them. Yeah. And, or they use an iPad. Right. Because everything is an online school program. You submit your assignments online. You do your little quizzes online. Wow. Even in high school. Yeah. It's all online. So it would be great to hear from people, um, anyone who has some thoughts about homework and parents. If you have some ideas, if your kids are spending a lot of time doing homework, Whatever your thoughts may be, 657-464-7609 or idoubtit at dollamore.com. Mm-hmm. We love to hear from the audience. We kind of kind of cleared the slate on the on the voicemails and emails because of the, the long absence and uh you know topic uh freshness. Isn't there's like a there's a, a sell by date on on topics. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. <laughs> Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore. Bob. Bob. Shane. Shane. Michelle. Michelle. Michael. Michael. And Q. Q. Mm-hmm. Like Q. Like Q and on Q? It just says Q. It just says Q. Mm-hmm. All right. So don't make assumptions. Uh, well, I, that's, you know, that's kind of my role on the show is mm-hmm. ass- assuming things and making asses out of, you know, whatever. Making whatever. asses out of? Yeah. If you assume, you make, oh, no, that's, yeah, that is. It's an ass out of you and me. Because it's that's how you spell assume. Huh. I've never heard that. Probably because I hang out with really cool people who don't say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it means you don't hang out with like high school teachers because that's like a dumb thing teachers say. Really? My dumb teachers, yeah. I never heard that. Don't assume because you'll make an ass out of you and me. What? You've really never heard that? Absolutely not. That is bananas. I have 100% wow. not heard that. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway... If you would like to support the show, we would love to have you in the Patreon family. You can also buy things on Amazon. Every little bit goes a long way. We get a little commission off your Amazon purchases. Go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. And if you're looking for a, a logoed t-shirt, whether it be um, just the podcast logo, we're selling those trees and shirts that actually, after I did that video wearing one, sold a whole bunch of those goddamn things. Mm-hmm. You can go to dollamore.info and check out all that is there. We thank you guys for all of your support every day. It means it means the world to us. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Let's talk about Joe Biden a little bit. We're going to get to the Mueller report. Um, I know we've been gone that whole week. The 500 episode is when the Mueller report was dropped relative to uh, it was announced it was going to be dropped to Congress or his four page book report on it. Um, And we'll get to that next. But this Joe Biden thing. We all knew this was coming. Yeah, I I mentioned just a few episodes ago, I said that there's going to be all kinds of stuff coming out about Joe Biden because he hasn't always been the greatest guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just the way he treated Anita Hill. Mm hmm. When he was the Democrat chairman of the committee treating a Republican nominee for the Supreme Court, treating a witness against, he hasn't been great. Well, also, there was that situation with Ash Carter, right? And Ash Carter's wife. Yeah. And um, if you watch the video, 
it's very strange and, <laughs> and maybe they just have a really close relationship i think that's what she said yeah so they they may just have a close relationship the thing is though it does appear creeptastic yeah and joe biden so joe biden has been accused of touching uh, lucy flores on the shoulders and like smelling her hair and then kissing the back of her head, I believe is, is what she yeah, said. That he coming did. up behind her and doing it. Yeah. And Joe Biden has come out and said, I have been in public view for a long time and I am an affectionate guy. I yeah. give handshakes. I give hugs. I, I touch people. I am an affectionate guy. I have never done these things with the belief that I was harming somebody yeah. or that I was making somebody uncomfortable and I'm going to take some time to listen or whatever, like a Louis C.K. line. <laughs> Hopefully right. it goes better than that. That is right. But so when I, when I think about his statements and how he's like, I'm just used to being affectionate, I think of the Ash Carter wife situation where he was massaging her shoulders and like whispering little things in her ear yeah. while she's standing there and all up in her business he was okay <laughs> and she might not have had a problem with that they may have been close however if he's doing this kind of thing to people who aren't he isn't as close to yeah, yeah. and he's calling it i'm just an affectionate guy that's not cool bro yeah. Let's give an overview here of exactly what's going on relative to this Lucy Flores situation, and then we'll talk about it. We begin with former Vice President Joe Biden responding to an accusation of inappropriate touching. He and his team issuing two responses this weekend. Biden acknowledging countless, quote, expressions of affection, support and comfort, but saying he never believed he acted inappropriately. And now we're hearing from the former Nevada politician who said he made her feel powerless during a campaign event in 2014. Biden is already ahead of the Democratic polls, even before he has launched a presidential campaign. So what do the other Democratic candidates have to say? ABC Stephanie Ramos starts us off from Washington. Tonight, the woman accusing former Vice President Joe Biden of being inappropriate is detailing what she says happened in her first TV interview. I feel Joe Biden put his hands on my shoulders, get up very close to me from behind, lean in, smell my hair, and then plant a slow kiss on the top of my head. Lucy Flores claims the incident happened just before a rally in 2014 when she was a Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor in Nevada. I was just shocked. I, I, felt, I felt powerless. I felt like I couldn't move. In a newly released statement, Biden says, In my many years on the campaign trail and in public life, I have offered countless handshakes, hugs, expressions of affection, support and comfort. And not once, never, did I believe I acted inappropriately. If it is suggested I did so, I will listen respectfully. But it was never my intention. Flores says she came forward now because Biden is considering running for president. This isn't the first time and it wasn't the only incident where he was acting inappropriately with women. Questions have been raised in the past about Biden's behavior around women. In 2015, he put his hands on incoming Defense Secretary Ash Carter's wife, whispering in her ear during her husband's swearing-in ceremony. In other public events, Biden has been seen kissing women on the lips. However, no woman besides Flores has publicly complained about his behavior. Democratic presidential candidates are reacting. I have no reason not to believe her, Jonathan. I read the, the uh, op-ed last night, I believe, Lucy Flores, and Joe Biden needs to give an answer. Bernie Sanders was asked if the claim disqualifies Biden from running for president. I'm not sure that one incident uh, alone disqualifies uh, anybody, but her point is absolutely right. It is not acceptable that when a woman goes to work or is in any kind of environment that she feels anything less than comfortable and safe. And Stephanie Ramos joins us live from Washington. And Stephanie, the accusations come as Joe Biden has yet to formally announce he's even running for president, but is leading in several early polls. That's exactly right, Tom. According to a Quinnipiac national poll looking at the Democratic field, Biden is leading the pack at 29 percent. He's ahead of Bernie Sanders by 10 points. In a separate poll, the former vice president is viewed positively by 73 percent of Democratic primary voters. That is the most out of any possible candidate. Tom. Stephanie Ramos leading us off tonight. Stephanie, thank you. So I really appreciated that. Um 
response from Bernie Sanders. Yeah. I hadn't heard that and I like it. So uh, after Joe Biden responded, released his own statement, uh, Lucy Flores then gave another comment and said, quote, I'm glad that Joe Biden is clarifying his intentions. Frankly, my point was never about his intentions and they shouldn't be about his intentions. It should be about the women on the receiving end of that behavior. I love that. Because it isn't whether he, ind- let's put it this way. We- we've talked a lot on the show about how men need to check themselves relative to their behavior around, let's let's say like a parking lot situation. It's dark at night and a man might not intend for a woman to be fearful for her safety while walking behind her or whatever, but it doesn't fucking matter the intention if she is fearful. And I'm not saying Lucy Flores was fearful here, but... His intentions do not matter at all when he comes up behind her, smells her hair, and slowly kisses her on the back of the top of the head. If she didn't say, yeah, go ahead and kiss me, go ahead and touch me, that's not his, that's not his place. And whether or not he's just an old guy who was raised in a different time, you know what? It's not a different time now. It's this time. You act the way that is appropriate now. And it's not appropriate. Clearly, she didn't feel it was appropriate. Just describing it isn't appropriate. Mm -hmm. And what's bothering me is I'm seeing a bunch of people, people I respect like Malcolm Nance, are retweeting shitty tweets this woman retweeted tweeted this to her and said, like, oh, hey, uh, let me pull up the tweet rather than try to guess what it says. <laughs> so it, it's Sharon Hole. It, it, it's uh, H-O-L-L-E Sharon at Hole Sharon is her, her Twitter handle. So it's okay for hashtag Bernie Sanders to put his hands on your shoulders, but just not Joe Biden, Lucy Flores. And it's a picture of Lucy Flores with taking a picture, like a selfie with with Bernie, and he's behind her and he has his his hand on her shoulder. Um, So the question is shitty. Oh, it's okay for Bernie, but not Joe, huh? Yeah, actually, you know what? That's exactly fucking right, Sharon Hole. That's exactly right. Do you Mm -hmm. not agree? No, I'm well, I was waiting for you to elaborate on your point about why it's exactly right. Well, because if if well, I I think everyone knows what's getting ready to come out of my mouth. No, I I don't think everyone knows because this is why these tweets are still being sent. If Lucy Flores chooses to let Bernie Sanders put his hands on her shoulders while taking a picture, but doesn't want Joe Biden to do it, it is her body. It is her choice. It is her space. And this woman... Her fucking her Twitter uh, profile. It says she's a feminist, a humanist, civil rights. Get the fuck out of here. Well, well, so those things don't align. Yes, but so I think this is an important conversation for people to have. And I, <laughs> your get the fuck out of here, I think is is maybe not useful in this context because here's the thing: a lot of people are trying to work through and think through these these issues right and it, i don't it, want her to i don't it's, want it's her taking, to physically get the fuck out of here it's this whole idea needs to get the fuck out of here okay so a lot of people are unlearning and relearning and as we go through the me too movement and all of this stuff people are having to really think about these things and it's been bothering me and i've, I've had these conversations with you about how much of the turning of the tides like what's missing from this conversation of people starting to reevaluate how they feel about certain things and all this i'll tell you what's missing from the conversation is how often people are followers and not thinking for themselves no that's you talk about the lorena bobbitt situation right everyone just going along getting along going with the flow right of what everyone else is saying And what you need are people who are like, hang on, let's actually think this through. Are you using your critical thinking skills right now? Yeah. And what's happening with Lucy Flores is she, you're, you're right. She's being torn apart for this. And I think it's because people aren't pausing to think, right? I love Joe Biden. He's a funny guy. 
He's a charming, affable, likable human being. But this kind of stuff isn't okay anymore. Yeah. It used to be acceptable. Now it's not. And it shouldn't ever have been, really. But no one was saying anything. No one was talking about it. Now we're talking about it. And it's good. It is good to change. It is good to grow. It is good to unlearn and relearn. Yeah. And I hope that eventually this woman, who you're reading her tweet, will come to understand, because I'm sure in other contexts she would be arguing about the importance of consent. Oh, I'm sure she rails against Donald Trump and his predatory type behavior. And I'm not comparing Donald Trump's behavior to Joe Biden's directly. But listen, it, because you're famous, you can grab him by the pussy. Or because you're famous, I can put my hands on her shoulders and smell and, and kiss the back of her head. There's distance there between those two things, but only a little bit. So, like I was saying, if she's she's probably in other contexts arguing about consent and the importance yes, of consent, for but, sure. But because she has maybe a political motivation or a bias in this particular situation, she's not thinking clearly on this issue. Yes. And if Lucy Flores wants to like do S and M in her bedroom, but doesn't want Joe Biden sniffing her hair, like, like you can't you can't draw these That's right. comparisons, right? It's what she wants to do and what she doesn't want to do. That's the deciding factor. And listen, I I I had also kind of a knee jerk reaction to this when I heard it. I'm like, well that's not that big of a deal. Right. You know, yep. that was my reaction. And even Lucy Flores is saying that. She's saying, listen, I'm not coming out and saying I was sexually assaulted. I'm not coming out and saying this was an assault. I'm glad she's she's really drawn that distinction. Right, and too. she's saying, but what I'm saying is that you can't go around touching people and sniffing their hair and kissing them unless they want that. Right. Richard Richard Dawson from goddamn Family Feud back in the 70s? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. So what, what a basic fundamental point that we should all really be reminded of. And as a woman going through life... Uh, having men feel like they can touch me as well. Yeah, right. I feel like this is a very important point that men should be reminded of, even the affable, likable, charming ones. Yeah? Well, sometimes <laughs> the affable, likable, charming ones use that affability... Oh, for sure. ...as uh, like a PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Ugh, I keep saying Brittany and I just had a discussion about certain little crutch phrases, and apparently she's honed in on 100% being hers. Well, I got a message from a listener. Oh, is that what it was? Yes, Kathy. And <laughs> I was like, do I really say that? And now it's one of those things where once someone tells you yeah, something, then you a, notice all you it. Fucking hear. You know? It's like if you yeah. buy a, a Toyota Camry, mm -hmm. then all you see is, I mean, that's a car that's all over the place. But you know, you buy a certain car, yeah. you never see it. And then as soon as you buy one, it's everywhere. Exactly. That's, 100%. Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, good times. So anyway, yeah, but we, I, I, I would love to know what the audience thinks about this. Do you think it's disqualifying? Is it just kind of one of those, he's an older politician, you know, he's in his fucking 70s. Is this just what you have to deal with because it's a generational thing? But you're not Grandpa Joe. You're gonna be pre you want to be president of the United States of America, of all people. You don't just get to go around putting your fucking hands on people and getting all sniffy on the ladies, guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't dislike Joe Biden. He's not my choice. I don't think he should be running for president. But that doesn't mean I don't like him. Mm -hmm. I do think he's a likable fella. Didn't they say he's not running for president in that clip? He hasn't announced yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, 657-464, I don't know why I'm anyway in the number, 657-464-7609. <laughs> of course, email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We definitely want to hear from you. L let's talk about the, the Mueller report. We... We, we full talk, exoneration. Yeah, full fully exonerated. Ugh. We 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 didn't talk about it at all, but let's 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 get up to date with where we are exactly with a little sound from a, from a news clip, and then we're gonna backtrack a little bit and talk about it. Here's the breaking news. We have just learned the Department of Justice expects to release the uh, nearly 400 page long Mueller report by mid April, if not sooner. CNN's Laura Jarrett. Uh, is with me now with with this letter here from the AG, Bill Barr. And so mid-April, 
That's right, Brooke. We've got a date. It's been only yeah. a week since the special counsel wrapped up his probe. We remember last Friday as we were all anxiously awaiting to find out the news of whether it was actually done. And we now learn that both Congress and the public will see a redacted version of that report that the special counsel's team and a small team of Justice Department lawyers over here are working on trying to redact for grand jury material, as we've reported, as well as ongoing investigations. The Attorney General Bill Barr saying in this letter, April, if not sooner. And he also adds here, Brooke, I want to point out that the president obviously has the right to assert executive privilege. And there have been questions about whether the White House would see it. We reported that he was going to actually uh, defer to Bill Barr on this. He said that publicly. And the attorney general says that the president has publicly stated he intends to defer to me. And accordingly, there are no plans, no plans to submit the report to the White House for a privilege review. So that should certainly speed things up here. As you mentioned, the report is nearly 400 pages long. Now, that doesn't include a appendices and the like. Uh, now, that's something we, had again, had reported previously, but Bill Barr confirming here mm -hmm. that his letter that went out last week was really just supposed to be the principal conclusions. He takes care to here to point out it was not supposed to be some exhaustive review of everything the special counsel found. He says he couldn't possibly have done that. It was a summary of its principal conclusions. That is its bottom line. And he goes on to say, Brooke, interestingly here, Everyone will soon be able to read it on their own. That's something, mm. of course, we've heard a lot for the past couple of days, everyone mm -hmm. clamoring to get their hands on it, to read it themselves. And finally, I should point out, he offers two dates to come testify, clearly willing and obviously knows that he's going to be hauled up to Capitol Hill there to say uh, exactly how all this came about and, of course, to provide some more context for all this. So the news, Brooke, is April, if not sooner, Bill Barr willing to come and testify. He offers two dates the first week of May. And one, one follow for you, Laura, and that is this, this first line of the second graph um, from the AG. As we have discussed, I share your desire to ensure that Congress and the public you know, will have this opportunity to read the special counsel's report. So Congress and the public. So again, just, just, just to make this crystal clear for everyone watching, wondering, all right, who's this going to? How much transparency? Do you read that as everyone gets to see this? I do. And I think that's part of what it's been taking so long here is they, they don't want to have a sort of a piecemeal process where members of Congress come over here and read it in a skiff and then pieces of it leak out. They actually want to do this in one tranche and they recognize they recognize the public interest in this. But the public paid for this report, uh, as many people have pointed out time and time again, twenty five million dollars. And so I think uh, the attorney general is very well aware of the public interest in it, but also well aware of the fact that there are ongoing investigations that have sort of been spun off from Mueller's work. There's grand jury material. It's illegal to disclose that. So they're taking care to do this the right way, and they're trying to get it out. So there has been a lot the past few days. It was an unfortunate time to get sick. It was an unfortunate time, but that is okay. I think that everyone probably navigated this territory without us. <laughs> Just fine. I would like to believe that people were incapable mm. of processing and analyzing the, the news without us. Well, you have one thing that people are saying about this that is bothering me. Well, several things. But the, the, the number one thing that the Trumpians are trying to say... Total to, and complete exoneration? No. Oh. Is that, that this was a waste of time oh, right. and a waste of money. Yeah. That is what they continue to say. 199 charges, mm -hmm. 37 people or companies, entities charged, seven guilty pleas, five have been sentenced to prison, and one of them was convicted by a jury of his peers. Now, that's not nothing. That's not a witch hunt. That's not a waste of money. Those are results. Mm -hmm. Also, knowing more details about Russian interference. Yeah. <laughs> In our political system. Yeah. Is that not something that is worthwhile? Is that not it's something imperative. that is important? Also, Vitally important. you keep hearing about the cost of the investigation. And I, I believe I've heard this, that the Paul Manafort. Yeah, the forfeitures. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, the forfeitures. The wow. Paul Manafort Goddamn. forfeitures uh, pay for the investigation. That's right. 
So don't worry about it. It, it recouped the cost. Yeah. It paid for itself, dick faces. So are, are we going to be done with these two talking points? They're trying to make it look like it's a waste of time because the witch hunt was out to get Donald Trump. They yeah. didn't get him. So it was a waste of their time and money. Okay. Well, it wasn't about that. Right. I mean, it wasn't about it at all. It could have been it was about getting that. to the truth. Right. It could have been about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me let me say this. I'm I mean, I don't know if the audience is waiting for it to hear what I have to say about because I've said that it seems to me that they were going to find something relative to the Russian collusion question mm-hmm. to the conspiracy question. Mm-hmm. And I'm shocked. I believe Robert Mueller's finding that there was no active element of conspiracy behavior of Donald Trump working with the Russians for, in the election. I believe it. That is the one thing that he did take a position on. That's right. Mm-hmm. I find it it's difficult for me to understand how that's the case when so many data points lead you to believe something was fucking going on. With Ru- Russia, if you're listening... If you could get Hillary Clinton's emails, that would be great. The dozens and dozens and dozens of times he talked about WikiLeaks with glowing um, just energy. Him deferring to Vladimir Putin in every way possible. Never saying a negative word about a brutal, thuggish, murderous dictator. All of that, it makes it very difficult for me to believe. That something's not going on there. However, Robert Mueller is an honorable man. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe his finding, just like I believe his finding relative to obstruction of justice. That he did not exonerate him. That the evidence that they have might not meet a legal standard to do something criminal against a sitting United States president, which really is pretty much anything you can't do with the way that the Justice Department, which he is bound by, he's not an independent counsel like Ken Starr was, who could work outside of the framework of the Department of Justice rules and regulations. Democrats changed that. And that's why we have a special counsel statute now, not an independent counsel. It's a completely different setup. Mm -hmm. So... So he, but he what, can't. A sitting president just is too much. They can do whatever the fuck they want, free from indictment while in office. And so Mueller didn't take a position on obstruction. That's right. That's what he said. He That's left right. it up to the attorney general, which is kind of punting. It's kind of a yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah, and he kind of pushed out about it. There's actually several things that are a bummer about this, which is he didn't force Donald Trump to sit for an interview. Yeah. Which he must have his reasons. Now, I understand he must have his reasons, and I'm I'm not trying to go down any kind of conspiracy yeah. territory or anything. I don't know why no, you're I know, like I know. No, I just, jumping I the gun to correct the audience. Me. I want to reassure the audience that he look he he's not he's not. Although I'm disappointed, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to his knowledge and his understanding and his judgment that he's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. even if I disagree. Mm-hmm. But mainly because I kind of you have to. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I don't believe him to be a sinister character. Yeah. So um, the, the the quote that everyone talks about quote while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Yeah. Okay. And that's William Barr, the Attorney General, quoting Robert Mueller in 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 the report. Right. Which also tells you that he. Because keep in mind, this is a three to four hundred page report. He gets the report. He spends eight hours writing this four page book report to give to Congress, giving the principal conclusions. But then it's going to take weeks for the full report to come out, um, minus grand jury uh, details and certain other redacted counterintelligence information. Mm-hmm. So it just I, I don't trust Barr. I know when, when when we had Marcus on the show, contest winner Marcus from North Carolina, um, we said, yeah, you know, I don't really see anything here to be super alarmed about relative to the confirmation of Bill Barr as attorney general. And I still generally, I guess, feel that way. But he is, he's just following his course of action 
um, related to his 18-page memo he wrote about dr- th- that they should drop the obstruction of justice charges against against Donald Trump. Well, it's also we talked about that before we knew that William Barr's son-in-law was going to be getting a job like, ad- advising yes. Donald Trump on legal issues. Yeah, two, like two days after the report, his son-in-law. Yeah. Come on, man. Swampy AF. This news was from February. Oh, was that from February? Right. So, I, I mean, well, it, bro, I mean, it became big news that his son got a job. It reappeared. Yeah. And people actually started to care about it when their <laughs> when the report came out and the findings were not great. Then that, that report resurfaced. Yeah. So we are going to see this new report. Not the new report. We're going to see the Mueller report. Three to 400 pages. And I really wonder what we're going to learn about what was in Robert Mueller's head, about what his conclusions are. There's a weird problem that we have here, and I've I've, I've briefly touched on it, about Donald Trump not being able to be indicted as president under Justice Department rules. Because if, if that's... If that's the problem, and that's why he's not able to say that he was exonerated, but but he's not going to be charged because he can't be charged, that's just a weird cycle, a, a, a repetitive cycle of, you know, you believe the Bible to be true because the Bible says it's true. The Bible says it's true, so you believe it to, and then you just circle around that cycle. It's the same thing. You can't indict Donald Trump because he's the president. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he didn't commit a crime. He didn't commit a crime, so you can't indict him. I mean, it's it's just a, what the fuck? Yeah. Because Donald Trump clearly, again, it seems so clear, all of the elements of obstruction. They're investigating me. I'm going to fire the chief guy who's investigating me, Jim Comey. It, that's where it starts. Pressuring people for loyalty. Hey, can you see your way to let this go? But because of these asinine rules that exempt Donald Trump from prosecution, that exempt him from certain ethics rules, his violation of the Constitution on the Emoluments Clause, there's a million things that the president gets away with that no one else, including the vice president, would get away with. All of this needs to change, in my opinion, once we get this dingbat out of office. We should never face a a time in our republic again where a sitting United States president gets to just fucking act willy-nilly with no consequence, act illegally, immorally, unethically, and have nothing come of it. So I I am disappointed. But I don't think, well, I know that this is not over. It might be over relative to Mueller, but the attorney general of the state of New York has subpoenaed uh, financial documents related to the Trump organization and their, 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 their seeking of loans. And they have extensive prosecutorial exp- uh, 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 discretion related to even going as far as dissolving the company altogether of just doing you that's you no longer are able to do business you no longer have a company they could do that she could do that um i think that would be an extreme but if they show uh wanton fraud and abuse of the taxpayers like over like a lot like continuing like it's just a pattern she could do that and we're going to find some stuff out. That that is the that is the way to go, especially because it's state charges that can't be pardoned. If Mike Pence, if he he was to be uh, prosecuted, even after office, he could not be pardoned by a, a a future sitting president. That is what we need. We need a system where no person is above the goddamn law. And the way we have it right now. It just it it goes along with what what the trope that so many people talk about. How the if you're rich, you get away with whatever the fuck you want to do. 
If you're the president, you have power. You can do whatever you want to do without consequence. And Donald Trump is proving that. And hopefully, it'll wake some people up and some changes will be made. We would love to know what you think about the Mueller report. We'd love to know what you think about all of this. 657-464-7609. And uh, email voice memos, blah, blah, blah. Hey, listen, we were going to talk about this Alice Jones, Jones thing, but I'm going to skip that. I want to talk about this 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 campaign mode that Donald Trump is in right now. He's ratcheting up the crazy like it was back in 2016. I mean, we thought it was bad over the course of the last few months when he does these rallies, or not just the last few months, but since he took office, he's continued to do rallies. But he is amping up the dingbat to a, to a level we haven't seen since the last campaign. And my prediction would be he's going to have to top himself. He's going to have to top the 2016 campaign Donald Trump with this new version filled with new conspiracy theories and nuttiness. I got a few clips here. Let's start with the attacks on his opponents. Getting mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Little pencil neck Adam Schiff. He's got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. He is not a long ball hitter. But I saw him today. Well, we don't really know. Uh, There could still have been some Russia collusion. Sick, sick. These are sick people. I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted because I... I really don't know what the answer is. You have the some Democratic candidates are kind of taking the we're not going to go down with him approach. Yeah. Some are saying, well, we need to answer some of these comments, but then we need to move along. And I really don't know what the answer is because it doesn't matter how terrible he acts. It doesn't turn people away. So I don't know if there is any benefit to highlighting the insanity Mm -hmm. that he's displaying during these campaign events. Because for me, I mean, for a candidate or for like us on this program for the general electorate. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Like I'm trying to imagine what's to happen in the future with the debates and things like that. And when he starts talking like this at a debate forum and when the crowd starts laughing and cheering yeah, and it, I, I, the, I just don't know how this is going to go and how we're supposed to combat it. I don't, I don't know. I, I think there you're going to have, there, we're going to have to have candidates who, who pick a lane and stay in the lane. I think there will be honor in that. Uh, I'm going to continue to point it out and talk about it. And, and maybe it's just cathartic thing for me that I get a vent and talk about it because I don't know what bothers me more, Donald Trump being an asshole or a crowd of thousands joining in with joyous laughter about him insulting political opponents. This laughing bunch of just fucking white trash in the crowd. If you still support Donald Trump, knowing everything we know, you're either stupid or you're sinister. I don't see any other room for any other choice. I'll give you a pass, I guess, if you voted for Donald Trump and then saw the error of your ways. But not in April of 2019 with caging children, having children die in custody after having been kidnapped from their families. The attempt of the Muslim ban, all these things. Not anymore. Here's more of Donald Trump acting like a uh, noble president of these United States of America. 
The Democrats have to now decide whether they will continue defrauding the public with ridiculous bullshit. They love it. Partisan investigations or whether they will apologize to the American people and join us to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure. He's reading from a script. Those aren't off-the-cuff remarks. He's reading from the prompter. Prepared remarks. And the crowd is eating every single, just lapping it up. It's not just the crassness, though. He's continuing with his lies and his conspiracy theories, whipping this crowd into a frenzy who doesn't care whether what he says is true or not. Continuing with the narrative that the United States government under Obama was spying on his campaign. But in this country, we cannot criminalize political differences, political differences. We do not abuse the law enforcement and intelligence power to target our political opponents. When they spy on me, whoever heard of this, they spied on me. They spied on our campaign. Who would think that's possible? The single greatest political hoax in the history of our country. And guess what? We won. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. We love to win. They tried to take something great. So it's just all the same, you know. Yeah. It's all the same. I don't I don't even understand the benefit of going to watch it happen anymore. Um or I mean I'm 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 sure that there is a benefit for them in terms of the camaraderie that they experience in yeah. the in the crowd and and things like that, but it's it's really embarrassing to hear. It's just embarrassing. And and I've heard people say uh, kind of contrarian types that they're happy to have someone in the office who isn't um, maintaining the standard of decorum and, and that there's like an average person who's kind of bucking the trend and whatever. I, I don't value that and I don't appreciate it. And listen, I, I not that I want someone who's fake, you know? Yeah. Um, and just a little side note, People don't think Cory Booker's genuine. If you're one of those people, but you think Beto is genuine, like you might want to do some evaluation there. Right. Uh, there may be a bias yeah. coming up somewhere, and I'll let you identify what that is. But um, I, I don't necessarily want someone who's not genuine in putting on a political performance. But I don't want like a trashy person who yeah. is unintelligent and uh, emotionally unstable. Listen, isn't the goal, we as Americans, don't we want to be a better country than we've been in the past? Don't we want to put forward an, uh, something to be respected on the global stage? To make amends for past dark moments in our history. And instead, we, here we are, hip deep in another dark moment. The fact that he's saying we don't we don't weaponize the government against our political opponents while the crowd interspersed in their jeering and cheering are saying lock them up lock her up hey morons calling to have a political opponent locked up is doing what Donald Trump just said we don't do. Except when he says it, he means for him. He doesn't mean for his opponents. He means for him. The other item that is continuing is Donald Trump's allegiance to Fox News and conservative media. Promoting them. Propping them up like they need the platform. Here he is giving a slew 
of shout outs while in Michigan. I have to tell you, I said it last night, we have some great, great friends in the media too. You look at Rush and Sean and Laura and Steve and Ainsley and Tucker and Janine. Janine is back. Janine is back. Gonna be back on Saturday night. Janine, right? And even Greg likes me now. Greg, he started a little slow, but he likes Trump. Now, but we have a lot of great support. Not normal. Any real journalist worth their salt would be bothered if a president was super happy with their coverage. Because it means you're not doing your fucking job. You're not talking about the bad stuff. You're not pointing out the errors. You're not holding the administration and those in it to task for their missteps and their misdeeds. And in this case, there are many, many missteps and misdeeds to catalog, to chronicle. And then, of course, we'll wrap with these. There were several, I only pulled two of them, but several moments of Donald Trump just being a fucking idiot. I support the Great Lakes. Always have. They're beautiful. They're big. Very deep. Record deepness, right? So again, embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. Record deepness, right? Mm -hmm. He supports the Great Lakes. What does that even mean? Yeah. There are some lakes. I've always supported the Great Lakes. Because you know, without Donald Trump's support of Lake Superior and Huron, and Ontario, and Michigan, uh, and Erie. Um, they they need his support. Mm-hmm. They need the support of a, of a person. These, yeah. the, this geographic... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does it even mean? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. He's also apparently an expert on uh, wind, mm. Brittany Page. If Hillary got in, you wouldn't have that stat, I can tell you right now. You'd be doing wind, windmills, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't blow, you can forget about television for that night. (laughs) Darling, I want to watch television. I'm sorry the wind isn't blowing. I know a lot about wind. I know a lot about wind. It's shocking that Donald Trump is one of those guys who doesn't read books. I'm shocked. <laughs> he seems like a well-read character. Does, does he think that a phone has to be, like your iPhone, must be plugged in at all times? Otherwise, it doesn't have power. Because that, that's what he's intimating, that a, a wind turbine mm-hmm. doesn't store any of the energy it creates. It just... It's it's running all the TVs while there's wind blowing, but nope. As soon as it's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. President of the United States, everybody. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot about wind. He's an expert on wind. So my prediction, we'll see what happens, is going to be <laughs> that this is going to amp up. It's going to get crazier and crazier. Do, a- a- am I going to be part of the problem by talking about it? What do you What do you mean? I think he he wants the fury, the 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 the, the fervor mm-hmm. of of coverage of his rallies, even if it's negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I, I don't know. I I'm really asking a question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the I answer don't want to contribute to that. I'm not. I'm not even talking about that though. I'm just. I'm. This is going to be what happens in the debates. Yeah. What is the plan to deal with it? Yeah. Like, I want to. He- I want to hear some plans from the people that actually have power. Um. Like CNN, I want to know what's the plan. I don't expect. Are they C- going to cut the debate off? Are they going to say if you're going to behave like a child, this is over? We're not going to like that put this on awesome. TV. That I mean, awesome. like, what is the plan? Because we can't just let him keep doing it if it makes people excited and yeah. laugh and love him more, I, which I don't get. Well, but- uh, listen, I, I would not expect CNN to do the right thing. 
They fuck. They uh, listen. I am. I almost exclusively watch CNN. I watch. I watch multiple networks, but CNN is the preponderance of what I watch because I, I have a lot of respect for Jake Tapper. I have a lot of respect for Anderson Cooper and Chris, Chris Cuomo, Brooke Baldwin, Aaron Burnett. I like. I like their anchors, but as an organization, they fucked up running these these campaign rallies from bell to bell. That's a problem. And I hope that Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN, um, makes some wiser moves relative to the free media that he's going to give Donald Trump or could give Donald Trump. Um, at least given some uh, some 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 equal time for other candidates, because that wasn't done. Mm-hmm. That wasn't done in 2016, 2015. So we will see. We'd love to know what you think. Six five seven four six four. 7609, of course, we would love to have your voice memos emailed to us from your smartphones to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I think we're going to leave you there. This has been a great comeback episode. We we appreciate you, you sticking with us. Why don't you tell a friend about the show? We would love to further the conversation um, with, with uh, your friends and family, with new people. Connect with us on the on the Facebook, the I Doubt It with Dollamore Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at Brittany E. Page, at I Doubt It Podcast, and at Dollamore. We would love to connect with you on the internets. It is a good time. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time for Brittany Page. I'm Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt It. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> <laughs>